Welcome to episode two of the Rick Essential podcast, where we talk about Rick and Morty. This show actually has a tagline, I think. It's it's an unofficial analysis of Rick and Morty. That's what it was. I remember that now. Uh, my name is Brandon Saxton. This is Katie Gordon. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, and I'm I'm excited to talk about Rick and Morty, but I, I'm gonna. I'm going to let people see behind the podcast curtain for a moment mm-hmm. and say that episodes two and three of Rick and Morty don't have a lot in the way of psychology to sort of discuss. So as this project continues and evolves, I'm excited to watch more Rick and Morty and get to episodes that I think will have a little more content for us to break down. Yes. That being said, we will reach for anything that seems like we can relate it to a psychological concept in the meantime. We're covering every episode. Yeah. That's a guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not there's a lot to cover in each That's episode. Right. So today we're going to cover episodes two and three. Episode two is Lawnmower Dog. Episode three is Anatomy Park. Uh, let's start with episode two. Uh, maybe I'll really quickly just give a rundown of the plot to kind of set the stage for folks who maybe haven't watched it in a while. But episode two of Rick and Morty, season one, basically uh, starts off with Rick wanting to go on an adventure with Morty. Uh, Rick and Jerry arguing a little bit about whether or not Morty is grounded due to his grades. And uh, to kind of get Jerry off uh, off his case a little bit, Rick makes a little uh, helmet for the dog Snuffles that gives him, I think they call it a cognitive amplifier, if I'm remembering right. That sounds about right. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Jerry gets so distracted by the dog being able to talk. I don't think he can quite talk, but he can understand Jerry at that point. It does evolve. While Rick and Morty go on, basically, I think a parody of the movie Inception, go deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into the dreams of Morty's teacher. Uh, to kind of convince him or incept the idea into his into his mind that he should give Morty a better math grade. And like in all episodes of Rick and Morty, uh, things go a little bit off the rails and hilarity ensues. That's right. So maybe we should break down the individual points from there. I think one of the funny parts, this isn't, doesn't have a lot of psychological relevance, however... Um, I think it's funny that Morty thinks Inception makes sense, and Rick thinks it doesn't, but he he tells Morty, basically, you don't have to try to impress me by pretending like that. Have you had anyone in your life ever say something like that, where it's like you like something and they think people are just pretending to like it because it sounds impressive, but it really makes no sense? Uh, That's never happened to me. No one's ever accused me of that. Uh, But I also, like, I don't really... My my tastes aren't too sophisticated all the time. <laughs> I, I just kind of like what I like, I guess. So I don't know. Some of the I imagine some of the like fantasy world novels that you and D and D can get kind of complex. Oh, and that's deep. A, that could be true. Although, but they're not like it's not like people claim that to sound cool traditionally. Right, yeah. I mean, it is super cool, mm. but it's not like something like oh, I'm so smart because I play D and D. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Maybe a little bit with like. I guess this has happened to me a little bit too, but maybe with like Game of Thrones. Sometimes people think I'm a little snobby about Game of Thrones mm, because okay. I refuse to watch the TV show because I read the books before the show. I guess there's my example right there. Yeah. That sentence by itself is sort of a perfect <laughs> example of this. So, But yeah, that's kind of the only time I've experienced anything like that. How about you? Well, the, the only time is one of, uh, there's a rapper that I really like named Aesop Rock, and he's known for, um, using a wide 
range of vocabulary and and he also uses a lot of interesting metaphor and storytelling and the songs are very dense with words and there's actually someone quantified the number of different words that various rappers used and Aesop Rock was like far and away an outlier of the one who used the most different words Mm -hmm. and so I've had some people say yeah but what he says doesn't actually make sense and you just feel smart because you say because you like this guy uses all these words now I haven't had a lot of people say that but that's sometimes a sentiment and sometimes people have said to him like what you're saying doesn't make sense you're just saying a bunch of words he doesn't like that because he says I understand if you know like they don't make sense to you but like each thing has a purpose so so anyway it's just a joke, but I thought the concept was kind of funny of the idea that, like, the extremely intelligent Rick yeah. is like, Morty, you don't have to pretend to get it because he doesn't even get it. Even though, like you said, that's the whole theme of what they're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot of layers of kind of weirdness, which is typical for the show. Oh, yeah. Super typical. Um, yeah. Do you do you like Inception, the movie? I liked it. I think for a while I felt like there was an increase in movies with the ambiguous endings. Oh, yeah. I and think so, too. I don't have a real big problem with that, but I think this is where I am a little more, I'm less edgy, I'll say, because I yeah. do like a kind of resolution yeah. of tying up loose ends, but I, I thought it was an interesting movie. I mm-hmm. certainly enjoyed watching it. Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not saying <laughs> no, I understood kid, every part of it. You don't have to say that to sound smart, <laughs> No, for sure. It, it's interesting, and it's a running joke throughout this episode, I think, where people kind of, or I specifically Rick and Morty, keep referencing uh inception and rick continually says yeah this is just like that movie that doesn't make any sense because the things that they're facing was they go deeper into the dream that i think starts with the teacher and then goes to a woman named mrs pancakes and then goes to a centaur then goes to a little girl who's jump roping and that's where they kind of hit i think the bedrock of the dream where they're not going any deeper uh so it's pretty wild i guess yeah i think so so maybe we should say a little bit while we're still clean kind of towards the beginning and premise about yeah. grounding. Now, grounding mm-hmm. is something that, of course, is a commonly used behavior modification technique yep. in which I guess people use different strategies for grounding depending on how long the grounding mm-hmm. the grounding is and what it means. Is it grounding from screen time or yep. is it grounding from going to friends or is it completely not leaving the house and that varies a lot but the basic premise of it is something that we covered in jedi council which is behavior modification the idea that if someone does a behavior that's undesirable following that behavior as a consequence you take away their positive reinforcement and that that the idea is that that will likely motivate them to reduce the undesired behavior next time yeah it's a form of negative punishment yep Yep, because you're removing uh, the the positive reinforcer. Mm-hmm, yeah, so s- similar to timeout, and uh, would have maybe been interesting to see. I I have a suspicion that it wouldn't have worked uh, in the case of Morty, whether or not he was grounded. If it turned out, you know, yeah, Morty, you know, you're grounded. You're not doing well in math class. Uh, I think that a lot of Morty's difficulties in school are not so much related to his own behavior, but certainly related to Rick. Yeah, exactly. So in his case, like, that's not exactly the place that you would be kind of intervening to see the the largest effect. And I'm glad you mentioned timeouts. There's sometimes controversy around timeouts and their effectiveness. For children, there are some people that argue that that when you use timeouts, you're taking away like personal agency Mm -hmm. and and reasons for problem solving. There's a recent review out 
I think of 30 years of research on timeout. And a lot of the specifics about timeout, they don't, we need more research on like uh-huh. the parameters of timeout. But the general gist is that it it remains if it's done well, which is basically that you, that if a child is doing something that is undesired, if they're hitting their sibling or they're doing something destructive or whatever it is, that you put them in a place that removes a positive reinforcement for um, a period of time, or as you said, negative punishment, yep. and then returns them to what they're doing. The idea is that they learn that if I do that behavior again, I'm going to have to have time out, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I agree, though. If you if Rick is your grandfather, it doesn't really matter <laughs> you put yeah. that. Like, the issue is more about what Rick's doing to undermine yeah. any form of effective parenting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially given the little, I don't know what's the right word, but... Maybe it's just the respect is maybe the right word, but the small amount of respect that Rick has for Jerry, mm-hmm. not only as a person, but particularly as a parent. Uh, I even think in the second episode, I might be mixing up a little bit the first and second episode, but I think in the second episode, he even continues his tirade against school a bit, where he says, you know, Morty is my little buddy. He's going to be like me. He doesn't need to be in school. Exactly. Don't worry about that. Which we know Rick doesn't actually believe because he doesn't actually think, as we find out in later episodes, that Morty is all that intelligent. Yeah. Uh, he sort of just keeps him around, I think, for a few reasons, that he's lonely, and he just likes having a sidekick, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's true. And it's someone who is kind of ultimately mostly subservient to him and oh, kind yeah. of su- serves, um, he has a companion there to basically, and he makes him do stuff, too, that he doesn't oh, yeah. want to do, so... I agree. So, you know, again, like like you said, Rick's saying that homework's stupid and we want to accept the math teacher to avoid work so they can keep going the journeys. That's where you see, again, like we talked in the previous episode, some of the antisocial and narcissistic features of Rick because he's violating social norms and he's being self-centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not great. Uh, not great for Morty and just kind of his own development yeah. as, a, as a young student and a young person. And not great for the overall family dynamic, but certainly great for Rick uh, in that he's getting exactly what he wants, which at the end of the day is always just more adventures. That's right. That's sensation-seeking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another big part about this show, uh, outside of the kind of the Inception part, is the the dog uh, storyline, which I I tend to forget about. (laughs) I think of this as mostly being the episode about Inception. Rewatching it again... A major part of the episode is really uh, dedicated to Snowball. Yes. Uh, or Snuggle. Snuffles? Snuffles. Snuff- Snuffles. The uh, the little dog at Rick and Morty's uh, home. Uh, that's an interesting kind of storyline. I don't know. It, it, it was kind of fun. I don't, uh, I, I don't know enough about uh, specific, like, well, first of all, cognitive amplification, I guess, is science fiction. So maybe that's why I don't know enough about it. <laughs> I really to need to look into it a bit more. It. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's a fun idea, I guess. It was fun to kind of see that, that Rick gave uh, Snowball just enough of a boost in intelligence that he figured out how to boost his intelligence even further. And it was kind of fun, too, because even right in the beginning, they give him this little helmet, and uh, Beth comes in and kind of rolls her eyes and makes a sarcastic comment mm-hmm. because she's like, you know, this isn't this isn't a good idea. And then uh, she was right. It didn't turn out to be a good idea. Uh, the human uh, kind was overturned and overrun by the... By doggy by intelligence. Yeah, so... That's a funny human kind of superior story. has come human superiority has come to a bitter end. 
yeah. is the quote that that is said there and it's it's interesting because again not to read too much in it i mean ultimately it's a dog in a science fiction suit and it starts to get up hand and that theme itself has is a theme in many science fiction mm-hmm. movies right i mean that's the whole thing with jurassic park like yeah. we can make these dinosaurs but it's actually a problem. Yes. Like, it's interesting, but it's kind of can get out of hand, and what are the ethics of it and all that stuff. But um, one of the things that I, I like are all of the places where they kind of, um, I guess, invert the human-pet-dog relationship yeah. by, well, like, Snowball saying that Morty is kind and will become his best friend and live by his side. So it's basically like if the dogs were the ones who had all the power, would they act like humans? And I also like when they have, you know, towards the beginning, Jerry thinks that he was able to get the dog to say, I love lasagna, or I love Obama. I think he doesn't know exactly what the dog's saying. But then they show reverse when the dogs take over and, and say... You know, oh, what is she saying? I think she said, I love lasagna. So they think the human is saying that. And yeah. so I do think that's very funny. And, I, and you know, ultimately, the dogs, to jump ahead, leave to their own world to create what they view will be better than what humanity has done to the yeah. world because it will be a world for intelligent dogs rather than, you know, basically trying to occupy the world of humans. So... That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and it's funny. I laugh every time when uh, Morty sits on, like, the little dog bed uh, mm-hmm. next to Snowball and Snowball sort of pats his head. Yes. Uh, it is really funny. Uh, and there's a whole number of examples of that where they sort of invert that relationship. It wasn't clear to me. At the end, do all of the dogs on Earth leave? I think, I, I kind of think that's what happened. It's sad to think of a world without yeah. dogs. Although, from their perspective in that episode, I can understand why mm-hmm. they might interested in leaving um and then ultimately rick tells morty that he's just in snuffle's dream yeah which yeah. snuffle is a very cute name for dog i must yeah add. oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. he even is a cute little dog uh but yeah that's even though his chosen name is snowball but. right and that's sort of how the uh, episode ends is as rick uh, incepts snowball and uh, or snuffles and uh kind of convinces him that he should leave because morty fell ill and Kind of convince them to be better than humanity, or convince them that it was his own independent idea to be better than humanity. So the Inception theme continues throughout. It really does. Here's a one-off line: um, Dreams move one one hundredth of the speed of reality, and dogs seven times as fast. That's not a fact, but it is very funny because of the really dog funny. years, yeah. seven years, and I thought I thought that was that was really cool. Um, did you have anything else? Because all I had was that bizarre uh, conclusion. No, <laughs> of course the whole episode is bizarre, episode is so, so I don't weird. know. Why. <laughs> uh, I I thought that legally safe Freddy Krueger, also known as Scary Terry, was very funny. Yes. Uh, just like the idea of mm-hmm. it, like oh well, we can't use this character, but look at here's a legally safe version, super meta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also thought Rick and Marty had a really nice moment. Uh, because Scary Terry keeps yelling, "You can run, but you can't hide." So then they decide to try hiding. Uh, and then it works really well, and they have kind of this really nice like bonding. Where like, yeah, well, that worked out. Yes. Nice, nice job. Uh, it's good to be on the same page once in a while. I think Rick says that. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that was funny. I thought the little it was funny. The little baby's name was Scary Brandon because oh, yeah. that's my own name. Uh, <laughs> but that was kind of it. Uh, I don't know the whole. I mean, the underlying theme of this entire episode, uh, and and actually a lot of terrible things that happened where the earth was taken over by dogs and then all the dogs left 
all boiled down to Rick wanting to go on adventures with Morty and wanting him to not be grounded and to do well in math. And and, and I think that's just very funny and very uh, consistent with the characterization of Rick. Yeah, a very uh, dysfunctional, self-motivated... Yeah, really unbothered that mm-hmm. that humanity was overthrown yes. while he was gone because of his own actions. Yeah. It's amazing. That's a side note to him kind of situation. Yeah. But that's kind of all I have uh, all, all I have for that episode. Not a lot of mental health or psychology themes in this episode. And no. uh, spoiler alert for episode three, even less, I think. It's true. Yeah. I guess one thing, again, to stretch it about the conclusion of episode mm-hmm. two is they kind of show the classroom and, and they're talking about the fundamentals of fear and says you can't, and the teacher says you can't learn anything until you learn how to chill. And then... He starts playing drums, and then mm. I think a couple people in class are smoking marijuana. Yeah. And it's true that you do often learn well if you have chilled. However, in most classes, drums and marijuana aren't the usual options. Not in the classes I've taught or taken. No. Yeah. So in those cases, if you are having a hard time chilling and it's interfering with your learning, I recommend... Looking up evidence-based treatments for anxiety, which we'll mm. link to in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a nice tie into some real-world mental health. It's a real stretch, but I'm going to do it. It was a stretch I didn't catch, so, <laughs> so well done. Uh, should we jump? I was teaching about fear and anxiety um, not too long ago in my class, so I sure. got it on the mind. All right, that works. Uh, I had no drums, though. The students were very disappointed. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, naturally, drums always sort of break up the monotony they of do. just a normal lecture-style class, but you can't always fit them in. You can't. Should we jump to episode three? Sure. Episode three, Anatomy Park. So this takes place on Christmas. And uh, Rick sends Morty inside the body of a man named Reuben, uh, inside of which Rick is a part of a business venture called Anatomy Park, a parody of Jurassic Park, which you referenced a little bit ago, uh, which is basically just a, a theme park inside of this man's body. Uh, pretty funny episode. Pretty weird, too, though. Uh, also very strange uh Rick, uh, I think we get an, another really nice example of how charming Rick can be. Yeah. Uh, right in the beginning of this episode, he's very kind to Jerry's parents and just sort of like, oh, hey, how are, how are you guys? Can I borrow Morty for just a moment? Uh, and also, they sort of, uh, when he brings Ruben in, who's kind of a, a, a looks a little unkempt, uh, he, they sort of say, you know, Rick, what are you doing? He's like, look, this is my friend from the war. I give him a free medical evaluation every year. Which is patently untrue. Yes. Uh, and, uh, Big lie. Huge lie. Uh, but then they're sort of like, oh, man, that's so mm-hmm. nice. I guess, you know, there's hope for everyone or something. And, uh, yeah, no, it's he's not being nice to Ruben. He, in, no. in fact, is the direct result of Ruben's death uh, only mere, like, 20 minutes later. So. Yes, it's very true. So, yeah, I, I do think that kind of shows how he can charm and deceive despite the fact that he's... Well, he's lying. That helps. Oh yeah, lying to show to act like he's doing well. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's a very good summary of it. Kind of towards the beginning, one thing that I thought was interesting when Jerry talks about like we're gonna have no screen time mm-hmm. as a family, really connect, and he compares it to um, like Sabbath being practiced by Jewish people who unplug from electronics and spend that time together. And so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about a hot topic in mental health and in, well, a lot of media mm-hmm. where they're talking about, like, 
how is screen time bad or is it good? And so there have been changes basically in terms of the parameters of when pediatricians say that kids are allowed to look at screen at screens mm-hmm. and how long can they spend on it and then there are a lot of people who criticize um teenagers mm-hmm. and millennials and say that their generation has been shaped negatively because of screen time and then mm-hmm. other people just criticize modern society there are other people who have said that it's great benefits we have more access to information mm-hmm. we're able to stay connected with people who live further apart um people of different levels of means often are able to access screens or get phones for reasonable prices Mm -hmm. and are able to therefore be hooked in and linked in in ways. So there are people who've talked a lot about the benefits of Mm -hmm. these technology that it's a way to connect with people around the world. Um, So I've kind of seen it argued both ways. Mm -hmm. I think that with regard to the mental health stuff, I, I think we just need to learn a lot more about it. There is some evidence, for example, that I've seen in the eating disorder realm that when people are on Facebook and they're comparing um, themselves to other people's bodies and Instagram and stuff, that it can be linked to body dissatisfaction. But there's also evidence that people who are um, connected online can experience some gains in terms of social support. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of mixed, and I think we need more research on it. Oh, absolutely. It's it's actually pretty astounding. Overall, research is kind of slow. It takes mm-hmm. time to do studies, uh, design them, collect the data, analyze the data in a meaningful way, write it up, get it published. That's a huge and time-consuming cycle. And ultimately, I think we've been at a point where technology is accelerating much faster than research can mm-hmm. keep up in a lot of ways. So I don't think we have a real clear picture of exactly what's going on beyond some very specific examples, kind of like you've described there but it is certainly something that you see or at least i have seen Mm -hmm. in a lot of popular press where it's a topic that people like to grab with and write about uh in both directions definitely and the platforms change really quickly too which is another part of it but i think it's very reasonable to monitor your mood and your thoughts and if you notice that when you're spending a lot of time maybe taking in news or comparing yourself to other people and all that stuff and you feel bad or you feel like you can't stop looking at your screen then i don't think you need all the research to to put in place some effects there and some interventions that i've seen that people do is removing the apps from their phone actually like simple behavioral things like put the phone in another room or whatever Mm -hmm. it is um Another thing I guess that's been talked about is how the light impacts sleep. Oh, yeah. And so some people have suggested an hour or two before bed, moving your phone so you're not looking at the light Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, In Jerry's case, he's specifically talking about family connections. And I think that, like, you see representations of this where there's a bunch of people sitting all together and they're all on their phones. And um, I don't... Have you had anyone in your family ever suggest, like, screen-free time together to not interrupt bonding? I, n- not in, like, a genuine way like okay. Jerry was, but uh, my mother will, like, jokingly yell out, no phone zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, if, like, I, sometimes I have a bad habit of, mm-hmm. especially, like, when I'm at home and I'm sort of in relax mode and maybe mm-hmm. I'm just scrolling. And she'll be, she will be, like, trying to talk to me and I might be not being, I might be a little rude. Uh, so that's about the extent in my life. My my grandmother, um, a couple of years ago, when my whole family was getting together, her cousins, aunts, uncles, and all that stuff, she sent in an email beforehand that I would like you guys to not have your phones when we're having dinner mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
Um, because she, her observation was just that, like, if you're paying attention to something on your phone, then you're not paying as much attention to people around you. And so, you know, whether that's different than the large claims that people sometimes make when I think it's more nuanced, but I mean, practically speaking, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think it's probably easier to say like during dinner, there will be no phones rather than like larger than that, but you know, whatever works and to, and to my grandmother's credit, a lot of people paid attention to that. Some people violated the rule, oh, no. but I think there was more. And it was, I mean, it was it was a long period of time. I think there's probably some value, but that's just my opinion. That's not based on any research. That's right. just based on, like, us knowing that, like, it's hard to pay attention to multiple things at the same time. Oh, yeah, we're not very good at yeah. paying attention just in general. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's probably super relatable I, it's a bad habit that I've had where sometimes someone will be trying to talk to yeah. me and I will be being rude and looking at my phone. And it's something I've also experienced other people doing to me while mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to them. So, yeah, that's uh, research side. Uh, that's something that I think most people have experienced. That's right. So, it was a minor point, but okay, Jerry. I think yeah. that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a bad call, Jerry. No. <laughs> Um, let's see. John Oliver is in this episode. Yes. That's not a psychology fact, but it's a fun fact. It sure is. Yeah, he's he's great. He is good. He, and his character was very funny. He's very that. funny. He's got a way. He's another person, right, that was on The Daily Show and mm-hmm. then went to have his own show. And like on Community. Colbert. and Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot mm-hmm. he was in Community. Not a regular character throw, but a yeah. reoccurring character. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Was he on while Dan Harmon was in charge there? I believe so, because he's in the very first episode. Oh, cool. So, and I think that Dan Harmon was right at the beginning, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Good, good work. <laughs> Keep that up. Yeah, I do like the cameos that, that oh, are I on do Rick too. and Morty throughout. I think it's that's pretty really awesome. Fun. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Fielder is in a, an upcoming episode, and I really like him a lot. That's yeah. cool. Well, I only have one other note for this episode. How about you? Uh, I mean, I've already said my other notes, okay. so I, I, that's it. They're really, like, this episode's super funny, but there's almost nothing, like, sort of psychology related to, to kind of analyze or no. break down. Well, so I make it, I'll make it two notes, okay. but it's a bit of a stretch. So it's kind of interesting that um, Morty is just li- listing the organs as he sees them or whatever, mm-hmm. like the pancreas, whatever. And then Rick is like, why do you say pancreas that way? And he's like jumping to the conclusion. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm just really defensive because he really likes pirates of the pancreas or whatever. And it's kind of, it's because Rick presents as like the ever confident, not caring what other people think about him. But, and so I think sometimes in, in narcissism research, most people assume that most people who exhibit characteristics of narcissism deep down are insecure, mm-hmm. and that's why they aggress. But the research suggests, yeah, there are some like that. Sometimes they're called vulnerable narcissists mm-hmm. or, um, you know, things like that. But I don't, with other people I've interpreted as just aggression if someone has an affront to that. But I do think it's funny that Rick owns that he's being defensive, like he recognizes that. He doesn't kind of push him right. on that. Um, and I, Pirate of, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite rides from Disney World, so I also just enjoyed that connection. Yeah, absolutely. You know. It's really, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I like that too. It says something along the lines of like, oh, I'm sorry, I got defensive. I, I had some pushback on this. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's I, I think it was like his personal <laughs> ride that he had developed for the amusement park. And the so. reason is because like he didn't tone down the pirates. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were very piratey, I guess. Yes. 
I have some other terms yeah. that eventually we're going to have a hard time dancing around some of them while doing this podcast. But, but yeah, he he really he wanted his authentic view of his pirates, authentic which is <laughs> debatable, not, but whatever. Not, maybe didn't make for a great amusement. Program. No, but I guess the. One, this is another part of, like, I think some of the brilliance of the show, though, is because he's taking a point that people make about, like, authentically presenting a group of people that's made by people who care about, like, presenting history accurately and presenting people accurately, but he's talking about it for, like, an amusement park and someone's body in the yeah. and, like, people... His pirates exhibit some pretty bad behavior. Yeah. So it's interesting that he like latches onto that, but it's actually like doesn't seem for a benevolent reason. No, so anyway, not at all. The last thing I had is about um, Morty and how he gets involved with informed. There's no informed consent. Not at all. <laughs> no. in, in fact, it's 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 actually it is kind of funny. Like a lot of things in the mm-hmm. show. Because I think right before Rick shrinks Morty and, like, injects him into Ruben's body, he says, don't breathe or your lungs will explode. And it's really obvious Morty didn't hear him because I think he says, wait, what? And then he's already shrinking. <laughs> Luckily, Morty's lungs did not explode, though. Yeah, that was a relief. And he also was, like, basically, I don't want to have to explain what's happening yeah. to you because of your walnut brain or some, something like that. Something yeah. indicating that he wasn't smart enough. Now, he's not doing an experiment that's remotely, like, approved by an internal review board. No. So he's not, in that way, bound to any ethics. But if he's supposed to be a scientist, like, usually if you're doing this kind of stuff, you're supposed to tell people kind of what you're doing and what the risks are. Obviously, he doesn't care about any of that. Not even a little. No. Uh, Morty did not agree. He did not understand. No. He was just kind of put in there. Another weird thing in the episode, if mm-hmm. I can jump around, sure. and maybe this is just a joke that I've never gotten, but at the very end, uh, Morty and the young woman who he's traveling with at that point are saved by, like, the giant hepatitis C monster, and then he, like, gives them a thumbs up and then leaves, and they're just like, I guess he's just a good guy or something, and I didn't ever, is that a joke? Is, and is, I didn't know if maybe you caught something with that that I didn't. I don't get it. I didn't get it. Okay. If you get it, tweet at us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably just a weird thing. Yeah. I think that's probably what it is. It's not. But if there's more, let us know. But sometimes I look for a meaning in the show. It might maybe be. Maybe there isn't any. I don't know. This episode was tough just to come like up with Just like I stuff. do in Aesop Rock lyrics. <laughs> you don't have to sound smart. <laughs> I don't... Oh, gosh. Okay. These are, these are funny episodes, but there wasn't a lot of mental health. I no. enjoyed watching them now again. Yeah, I did too. If we missed something, let us know, though. That's all I've got. That's all I got, too. Okay, let's turn it... It's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, We'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, probably two more episodes, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, at least. I think so. uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.